Focusing on the high technology and the uh, um, advancements present, like I do in most of my videos, keeping it very technical and keeping it very, um, you know, um, keeping it very scientific or uh, really technologicalist uh, focused, you know, technology focused. I'm going to be speaking about the spiritual aspect of it, specifically karma and the secret space program and different aspects and different uh, ways that, you know, it applies. And it's very crucial. It's a very crucial part of the secret space program because, you know, the humanity itself is defined by this um, karmic uh, nature, by the karmic uh, fingerprint, if you were, the identifiers of the individual specifications and details defining humanity in this tree of life and defining our certain age and um, you know even our destinies a lot of people will say it's zodiacal but ultimately the definition the, the motivator the proof I mean not the proof the source of human life Yes, it's determinable and translatable by the signs and the stars, the zodiacal houses, but human nature is um, better understood as being assigned individually to individuals, um, you know, along paths of life that include many thousands of incarnations over many billions of years, many millions of years. Um, 
and that there are higher authorities, higher spiritual authorities, higher astral authorities that assign these individual destinies, and that an individual's character is on a transformative growth uh, path. It's on a branching path of growth and uh, metamorphosis, uh, constantly refining itself based on the circumstances of the universe itself, the very universe itself. And the reason why there's been so much change lately, very noticeable change, and uh, there's going to be even more change in disclosure, and this is the time of disclosure, the reason why this is the era of disclosure is because the universe itself is changing based on its own karma. We are all individual uh, manifestations, fractions of the greater dharma, of the greater karma of the world itself, of the universe, of the human condition. And um, you can consider the secret space program and the breakaway civilization that controls it as the management, the executive officers, the um, chairman and committee of human karma and human karmic value. In fact, every species in the universe uh, relies on karma and affects karma and has a karma yoga. And I'm going to be showing you guys this video. Uh, this, uh, the credits and everything are going to be linked below. And this is, guy has done such, a, such amazing work and has mapped out and explained so well the karmic importance the, to all life, to the universe itself, to the very cosmos itself, uh, defining every single uh, being as well as every single thing, every single knowable thing in the universe. So I'm not going to let it further ado play. Thank you very much. Uh, please have patience. So I'll see you on the other side. There are a good number of literatures which explore links between the ancient civilizations and alien visitations of the modern age. This presentation makes no exception of that, but specifically I'd like to shed some new light on this subject based on the ancient scriptures of India. Now, from the mid-20th century until now, although it's not a mainstream subject, there's no shortage of stories of alien encounters of all kinds. Indeed, there is an abundance of photographic and video evidence. The majority are likely fake, or have some other explanation. But, I suggest there's simply too much of all this to ignore. Phenomenon beyond mundane explanation does not just appear in the sky, but there are unexplainable things that appear on the surface of the earth too. And other potential evidence can be found embedded into humankind's history. A history that appears to include the intersection of religion, culture, and art. Then there are claims, of course, of encounters of the third and fourth kinds, both of the demonic variety who get up to mischief, of course, as they would, but also, perhaps thankfully, the more divine variety as well. Yet in stark contrast, the mainstream science looks to the heavens for solid evidence of extraterrestrial life, but claims to have found nothing. Why? Could they be looking in their own direction, so to speak? Anyway, according to the Vedas, what we call reality is only our brain's attempt to process mundane data supplied from our five senses. This is how we perceive our world and our reality. In a sense, this is like a prison for us from someone observing from outside of those five senses. Anything we send out into space, of course, will also have those type of limitations. Perhaps the universe, however, is much more multidimensional than we think. In the Vedic scriptures here, non-terrestrial beings. There's those 
course, who serve God, called demigods or demigods, and atheist demoniac beings who try to play God in other parts of the universe. And the Earth, from a consciousness point of view, is somewhere in the middle. The demoniac beings tend to offer subterranean dark realms, whilst the demigods are always in the light. The demigods' objectives, dharma, religious duty, order in the universe, liberation from the cycle of birth and death, they are mystically empowered. They want the assurance that humans are against dharma and religion. They seek power and control for oneself. They seek immortality without liberation from this universe and are technologically empowered. In one sense, the earth being in the center is like a game of chess, a cosmic game of chess with the demoniac and the good forces. And all of this is governed by the law of karma. The soul enters into the body of a being according to what it deserves and what it desires. Here's a man here, for example, with his soul in the center there. In his next life, of course, he could change gender. The soul is not limited to one gender or another through the process of reincarnation. He could even change species. Uh, not just inferior species, but superior species as well. And, of course, it also applies to uh, aliens, different kinds of other parts of the universe. It appears that this is often, this process, facilitated by the demigods and the Asuras. In the Brahmin scriptures, it describes over 400,000 different humanoid species throughout the universe. Next chapter, Vedic Flying Machines. This difficult sastras in regards to this and scriptures and books. The Vimanika Sastra, a book on aeronautical science, deals with physical descriptions of flying craft, Vimanas, giving information on steering, long flights, protection from storms and lightning. It also refers to switching from anti-gravity to solar energy. The Vedas describe different shapes of sizes for one-man vehicles for local flights in Earth's atmosphere to craft for local flights in space and larger ones for longer flights. Here's some early 20th century artists' impressions of different types of Viminas. Not saying these are accurate, but nevertheless significant, as these ancient flying machines were in ancient scriptures. The Sukuna Viman, Rukva Viman, Sundara Viman, Chipura Viman, Sabaranga Sutradara. This scripture includes 230 verses on the use of flying machines for peace and war. For example, it says, Inside the circular airframe, place the mercury engine with a solar boiler at the aircraft center. By means of the power of the heated mercury which sets the driving whirlwind in motion, the Vimana can travel at a great distance in a marvelous manner. So who are the pilots of these things? Different possibilities here. Either intelligent humanoids from other physical locations in the universe, and or from other dimensions accessible from the solar system, the central Asian mountains and beneath the earth. no longer on the surface of the earth. Let me explain that one. The Vedas describe that time is not in fact linear, but more like a cycle. One particular cycle goes through four different ages, called yugas. One full cycle lasts about 4,300,000 years. In all of the four yugas, it's described that humans are present. This usually contradicts the theory of evolution. The Vedas sketch there has been and continued so-called primitive living beings on the earth.
people developed cities, medicine, and a structured society, but was still not isolated from beings from other worlds. By the Dorpe Yuga, mankind was Earth-based, but still in regular contact with beings from other realms, at least some of the humans were. It is only now, in the Kali Yuga, which began about 5,000 years ago, that we're quite cut off and unable to perceive the other dimensions. And so, the time cycle starts again. Looking at this, putting this whole thing now in a linear function, um, for, for the cycle there, in a one single linear function, right now, where will you be at? Here. Ishvar Kamanu, the father of all humankind we know today, lived at the beginning of this particular cycle, the beginning of Satya Yuga. But this cycle is a small part of a much greater expanse of time. Look here. Vaisvatamanu was the first humanoid in this set of 71 Yuga cycles. And even that is just a 14th of a Kalpa, which lasts for 4.3 billion years. The origin of humankind at the beginning of, was Vayambhuvamanu. And a Kalpa is just a single day from the viewpoint of Lord Brahma, the architect of this universe, an original ancestor of all human beings who dwell here. Now let's focus on the Srimad Bhavatam, the fifth canto, translation and commentary by A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swayam Prabhupada. Here's some quotes within that, relevant for this study. From his excellent airship, Salva threw down a torrent of weapons. Thus terribly tormented by the airship, Lord Krishna's city had no peace, just like the earth when it was attacked by three aerial cities of the demons. For one moment to the next, a swarm ship appeared in the earth, in the sky, on a mountain peak or in the water, like a whirling flaming baton. It never remained in any one place. Other parts of the Bhagavatam. Seeking to please his beloved wife, the sage Kadama exercised his yogic power and instantly produced an aerial mansion that could travel at his will. The aerial mansion shone as charmingly as the moon in the midst of the stars and the sky. Second canto of the Bhagavatam. When the atheists, after being well versed in the Vedic scientific knowledge, annihilate inhabitants of different planets, flying unseen in the sky on well-built rockets, the Lord will bewilder their minds by dressing himself attractively as Buddha and will preach on sub-religious principles. Also in Bhagavatam 5th Canto, Maharaj Priyavata. Maharaj Priyavata was given the responsibility for maintaining and protecting all the planetary systems. His vaulted flying chariot flew through space for seven months, making a second sun. Focusing now on the 5th Canto, it describes Jambudri Mount Samara. This, of course, includes mountain ranges around the Golden Mount Samara. They mark primitives of various heavenly realms which have pious and godlike inhabitants. The mountains parts of India are links between places on earth and heavenly realms. Bhagavatam Sivh Kanto, Prabhupada writes, The Mada does not mean the Namada River in India. The five sacred rivers in India are all celestial. Like the Ganges River, the Mada River also flows in the higher planetary systems. Now then, examining that further, we look at the um, central mountains region there of Asia on the Earth. So those with the eyes to see, those spiritually advanced beings would actually be able to see that there's, from there you can access huge, huge realms according to earthly dimensions. Huge, huge mountains and, and all kinds of heavenly planets are accessible there. Get an idea of scale here, this is through high dimensional travel. The Earth is only, of course, on the southern border of the huge island of Drambadweep. And there one can access celestial realms. In the centre of this island is Mount Smaru, as mentioned, a huge golden cone-like structure, and at the top, the cities of the gods that protect the earth. Looking at this, of course, now from the side, 
it, Jabberjoe itself is surrounded by a salty ocean, just in a ring-like formation of concentric circles. Rings of various heavenly lands and ocean surround this isle of Jabberjoe. Very interestingly, if we're looking at the same um, Burandula ring, what we look here, from the top, the sun here circulates the earth, according to this model. And Sadhupuja Das actually draws upon comparisons between Burmandala, as mentioned in the fifth canto of the Bhagavad Purana, and the solar system. In fact, the dimensions match. Life within Burmandala, celestial vision of our solar system. Go back to Maharaj Priyavata. His descendants occupied the heavenly planets accessible from our inner solar system region. Planets in the universe have various different types of oceans. Oceans of ghee, sugarcane juice, sweet water, milk and curd, liquor, and salt water, of which, of course, the Earth is in that category. Heavenly planets accessible from the solar system. This is looking down again on the plain of Bumandalia. Plaxadweep and its ocean. Samaladweep, Pushadweep, Kornchadweep, Sakadweep, and Pushkaradweep and its surrounding ocean. Let's focus on Kushadweep. As an ocean like Ghee, we understand. It's a demigod realm, ruled by Chandra. Elevated souls live there for 10,000 Earth years. This is none other, actually, than our celestial moon. However, it's a vision of the demigods, the celestial beings, not our own view. For example, they may see, indeed, these, the realm of the moon, full of um, grass and cushion grass, mountains and temples and, and people. Yet, from perhaps a more mundane view, the same plot of land will be perceived as, indeed, grey rocks and craters. In a sense, of course, for example, you could look at something in two dimensions, look at the same thing might be in a higher dimensional view of the same plot of land. You just need the eyes to see. Not significant, however, that the, the grey, dusty, moon-like um, structure we recognise as more in common with a Vedic description of Rahu, whereas the demigod view of this would be Chandra Loka. Now, looking at the geocentric orbits here of Venus, Mars, and Mercury, their orbits have relationships or links between Pushkaradweep, which has uh, various um, descriptions there, Sakadweep, and Kornchadweep. Of course, um, Pushkaradweep here and Sakadweep have various types of beautiful heavenly flora. Kornchadweep has a huge mountain called Kornchad. Residents worship deities of Varuna, as a wind god, in the form of iron or stone. There you have that. Now, I think it's interesting that the Bhavatam explains that the Hindu god of war, Kartikeya, attacked the underground hideout of some demons in that realm, in Kortradweep, and in the process destroyed all the vegetation there. Now, many mainstream scientists conclude that Mars was once likely to be abundant with water and vegetation. There are also some folk that talk about evidence of ancient underground bases there. All interesting stuff. The outer rings of there's the Earth there, of course, a, ge a geocentric conception, which is nothing wrong with that, because that's all relative. And some of the inner planets of the solar system, and there's the orbit there of the Sun. Just beyond the orbit of the Sun here, uh, we understand that demigods uh, maintain order within the boundary of Manasatara. So Manasatara there is the boundary, and on there is the realms of Indra, Yamaraj, Varuna, and Soma. Going outwards now, of course, this is the inner part of the solar system. We take it much further out now. Of course, there we go. We get the uh, many living beings here. This corresponds roughly uh, with Ceres and other asteroids within the asteroid belt. Looking here at Jupiter and its moons, and the um, just before we get to Loka Loka Mountain in the Bhagavatam, is 
the geocentrical bit of Saturn and its moons. And also the realm where diamonds can be found. This of course is known as the Golden Lands. Jupiter and Saturn and this area is abandoned by humans, not habitable for human beings, we only learn. Just outside, of course, local local mountain, the orbit of Saturn is Uranus. And uh, the geocentric orbit of Uranus here corresponds with the outer edge of Kalokavash, and thus the edge of Gomandala 2. The subterranean planets, lower realms. It's understood, actually, there are realms accessible from within the Earth, but not necessarily physically located in the Earth, uh, at least not restricted so. These, of course, Atala Loka, Vitala Loka, Sotala Loka, Tala Tala, Mahatala, Rasatala, and Patala. So these are links here between the um, subterranean realms of the Earth and other parts of the universe of a, however, demonic variety. It's Atala, a place where, of course, uh, men in particular can be induced by heavenly prostitutes and live very, very luxuriously from a material point of view, but spiritually they lose out. Vitala, a place of great gold and palaces and where there's great clothes and gold and opulence there. And Sutala, the residence of Bali. Again, he lives in very, very uh, great, wonderful opulence. He was actually inherited a wonderful kingdom after being in charge of the universe, but voluntarily gave it away due to his um, some piety that he had left uh, for Brahmanas. Talatana, the abode there of Mayadana, the greatest demoniac type architect in the universe. They're, of course, great, great, amazing buildings where they're free from disease and also have all kinds of um, celestial um, airplanes and well, perhaps what we call UFOs even. It's Mahatana, a place of many, many heading dragons and snakes, or fancy going there. Beneath that, Rasatana, a place of great darkness, the enemies of goodness and the demigods. And finally, Patana, the realm of the Nagas, the snake people. Higher realms and the vertical dimension. Looking again here and reminding ourselves here of the plane of Bumandala, the inner part. And looking at it slightly from the side because this is indeed like a disc. And throwing there the earth, moon, uh, relationship with the sun. Now actually, what, if we have a look at the Bumandala disc exactly from the side here, um, we see there's 100 million miles, physical miles between about the sun and the earth. However, the sun is only just above the plane of Bumandala because obviously this has something in common with the ecliptic. This is almost like a line drawn closely between the earth and the sun. So therefore, when we put in, for example, the moon, although it's physically near the earth here, it's actually further above the plane of Bumandala than the sun is. This is significant, as we will see later, as going back to when we, um, that celestial vision there of uh, certain parts of the Earth and the ability to see things, which perhaps other humans cannot, we get back to this huge, huge realm here. So from there, uh, of course, we can access the, the lower realms in this way, but also, of course, now we're going up in the vertical dimension here, adjacent here to Mount Smeru, where the higher realms can be accessed. Remember, this is not now physical, this is not physical uh, gross space travel, but rather the, um, let's say, the roots of the demigods, where in that way you'd reach the moon before the sun in some way that we cannot understand. So there it is, just above the uh, plane of Mandala we find the sun, and above that, technically, is the moon, Chandraloka, the uh, celestial vision of what we call the moon, and then the other planets are above that and so forth. Looking at the same thing again from the side, the Earth-Moon-Sun relationship. Throw in there Venus, Mercury, and Mars higher still. And of 
course, at this point, as we enter also, we see Jupiter as well there. Uh, not exactly the scale, but we get an idea. We have the Garbodacar Ocean there, which of course is uh, the bottom where, where planets would be at the embryonic stage. The lower planets between the Pleiades Mandala and the top of the Garbodacar Ocean. Lower planets and uninhabitable areas there. Okay, further out, we get higher still. Uh, we include Saturn, the um, <coughs> the Plough, or the, the Seven Sages, and what we call the Pulse Pulse Star. There, we can't see beyond that, but we're throwing some extra stars there for good measure. And so is Drivaloka, or the Pulse Star. Between there is Bhavaloka, a realm of advanced humans, Gandharvas, and so forth. Looking at there, Drivaloka itself has a notion of milk and a wonderful heavenly planet known as Vaikuntha, where of course Lord Vishnu can be accessed by the demigods themselves. And, going back before reminding ourselves, within all this region here there are planets with oceans of ghee, sugarcane juice, sweet water, milk and curd, liquor and salt water. Looking here we can go higher still now. Remember this is not physical difference, go all the way here to the top of the Brumandala. And according to this scale the Earth is there and Druvaloka is just there, so as you can see we're going much higher up now. And we cannot see physically, and those dark realms there, um, up to the local local mountains there, it's blocking our view. But the sun's rays, both on the x-axis and the y-axis here, enables us to see this, the, the stars and the planets. Taking out further, we can see now that it's a whole huge globe, with the bottom of it is filled with the Garbodaka Ocean. There it is. Truvaloka, we go higher, Mahaloka, above that Janaloka, Tapaloka, at the top is Satchaloka. And then you get the beginnings of the coverings of the Brahmandala universe. So let's go on a space journey. Let's look at Mahaloka and go up to all the other realms. Mahaloka, a great, great place of yogis and, and, um, and advanced mystical beings there. Very heavenly place. Janaloka, a place, of course, where there are celibates and so forth who get rewarded by their austerities in a wonderful heavenly abode. Tapaloka, those who, of course, have performed austerities, Tapa, um, get a wonderful conducive place of meditation. It's also the realm of the four Kamaras that we find mentioned often in the Puranas. Satchaloka is the highest material planet in this university, abode of Lord Brahma. Of course, these residents here, by earthly calculations, live for trillions of years. Beyond the coverings of this Brahmandala, looking at it now, of course, looking at the side there, the Brahmandala, the, the x-axis, is 4 billion physical miles. Yet the y-axis is different, 2 billion subtle miles, as experienced by the celestial beings. Now, of course, as looking here, the 4 billion miles in size of the solar system universe, we can go beyond that now. And as we go beyond that, beyond the geocentric orbit of Uranus, we're essentially going backwards in time and entering a new space-time region. We get uh, ten times thicker, actually, than the universe. Bromandula itself is the layer of Earth, where, of course, um, earthly um, Earth bodies would be predominant. Water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and false ego. Uh, each uh, layer being ten times thicker than the previous. It's interesting. This is, of course, the outer. It's the whole whole thing after the um, layer of ego. It's like a gold, huge, huge golden egg, and interestingly, it corresponds roughly with the size of the estimates of the Milky Way galaxy. But what's beyond that? We see Mahavishnu is breathing all these Brahmandala galaxy universes in and out, in and out of his skin pores. Incredible. Perhaps reminiscent of the expansion and contraction of the universe. The queen of, of uh, material energy, this cosmic uh, place we see here, is Durgadev. And Mahavishnu's glance at Durgadev is personified by Shiva himself, the personification of all the conditioned souls. 
worlds beyond this, of course, beyond this material universe here, uh, the cosmic manifestation, which you can see in the bottom right picture. Um, we can Vaikuntha, which stretches for eternity, full of innumerable Vaikuntha planets here, where, of course, the Lord is worshipped in a mood of awe and reverence. But going now, of course, into the centre, here the main original planet is Goloka Vandavan, and here Lord Krishna in his original form, the original Supreme Personality Godhead, where the highest original forms of love exist. And this is the abode of all the devotees of Lord Krishna. I hope you've enjoyed this presentation. Please take care. Wow. I mean, powerful, powerful stuff, guys. This is... that. It, I mean, allow that to... You know, soak in, digest that information. It is vital, vital to an understanding of the reality that we live in, the past, the present, the future, and, um, you know, our fates as both individuals and as a species, and in um, selecting possible timelines. Now, let me speak about these images and, uh, you know, segue into this. This series, this franchise, this intellectual property, has mainstream support. It has a mainstream budget and like a major Hollywood movie. Um, and it is directly a tale of karma and a tale of fate. But it's done so in an entertaining and a modernized way that is easily digested by a consumer base that has never really left the, you know, providence of their own uh, well-to-do, you know, uh, existence behind gated uh, apartments and, uh, you know, um, their parents' homes. Um, so this is, you know, I know I get it. It's imagery and symbolism and, um, you know, horror, survival horror, it's modernized, etc. It's stereotypical, very cliche, but it's very important and it's very poignant of the American uh, generation that exists now and the future that America is going to uh, experience in the age of disclosure, in the age of high technology, in the age of the virtual and the uh, deep fake that is so realistic that it can simulate reality. And it's going to be the disclosure of the MyLab uh, technology that has created many a false scenario in a digital world, a uh, reality that has traumatized and effectively educated and molded and simulated the worlds and lives of, you know, millions of people. Um, but you see, because of the sheltered uh, civilian nature, the monsters are, you know, Illustrated caricatures of nature, uh, mindless, merciless, you know, irrational, uh, unconscious beings, and are not uh, human at all, are not considered, are uh, not recognizable as such. Even though they are human, they are human form, they are based on the human body, based on the human structure. There's an uncanny valley effect in the horror, the body horror, that the Last of Us franchise uh, has, and that's why people love it. That's why people relate with it, associate with it, and it's traumatic, and it's, you know, it's effective as a horror platform. But really, the 
karma that The Last of Us represents and its choices for revenge and choosing violent uh, action and urges, uh, carnal urges, instead of improving society, instead of proving the self, instead of working on the karma, is... You know, it's not the result of, it's not the, it's not the, you know, free will of certain uh, individuals or players, but it is the, what seems to be the modus operandi of this narrative of this century that they are forcing us to repeat. Because, like the 1920s, this is going to be an era of great political and social upheaval manifesting itself in a great disruption or a great addition of negative karma or karma that serves uh, darkness and the underworld, subterranean worlds. There is an immediacy and amnesia and a distraction with pop culture that keeps the majority of the world blind to their karmic evolution, to their real growth, to the the real changing nature of the modern world. Um, People have a hard time remembering even 10 years ago, let alone long enough ago to see the big picture, the deep time effect, the illusion of the matrix, the hypnosis of the matrix, the repetition of the matrix, and the symbolism of the matrix that it constantly relies on to communicate. Um, The karma, um, you know, it's attempts to lower our karma, it's attempts to keep us in the karma yoga that is going to reincarnate us uh, in increasingly negative manifestations and extreme manifestations of this um, this matrix, like this 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 echoplex, this um, you know, make us into a creature that doesn't even need to be brainwashed, doesn't even need to be hypnotized or traumatized to obey the system, but it's naturally a product of the system and uh, invests its entirety to the recreation, to the obedience to the system. Um, hopefully, we can collectively, you know, gain enough consciousness as a community to improve our vibration and to ascend and not merely fall victim to uh, momentary tragedies and fads and trends, treating spirituality as a fashion or treating community as a fashion, but realizing that there's a real serious consequence to remaining on such a low vibration. That consequence is going to be the next world war, the synchronous events that they're going to do to repeat World War II. This time, World War II will not be a European theater and the Pacific theater, it'll be on the Nepalese theater, the Kashmir theater, uh, the Sino-Indian theater. But it'll be fought. It'll be the playground, the battleground for forces that have been raised in eras of complete chaos and abject violent misery producing Los Infant Terrible. This is the reincarnation of man into a lower vibrational species. This century is going to see hundreds of millions, if not billions and billions of people just produce the worst, the most negative karma and have it returned a thousand fold as it ripples outward 
because most people think war is a noble enterprise between warriors and soldiers. It is not a holy endeavor. It is an endeavor of the world, and everything of the world burns. It is the wildfire that reduces the forest of man into ash. And yes, maybe it reduces it to be reborn. Maybe it is a part of a natural life cycle of our species, a cyclical apocalypse. But monsters are not mindless, mutated freaks of nature. They are cold, inert products of calculating advanced minds that do not reckon with the consequences of their discoveries and seek to profit from the worst of mankind's nature. But karma, it's a bitch. entering very interesting times and the guilty will reap the whirlwind this has been a rumors of war 1987 iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend thank you very much for your viewership please like and subscribe if you haven't already
Prepare yourself for the rumors of war. 1987. Greetings, everybody out there in Dreamland. This is Rumors of War 1987. Thank you very much for your viewership, maintaining support. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. I deeply appreciate it. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Today, it brings me an endless amount of pride to be able to speak to you today about a subject that is near and dear to my heart and that I have found great experience in accessing as well as benefiting from its existence. And, um, you know, it's absolutely, I think, the best thing, uh, you know, in the universe and the best thing that human beings can access. The Akashic Records, the records of all experience all events all of chronological history since the beginning of creation itself including creation and including the truth of the nature of the creator the akashic records holds this information it holds it because it is itself the persona the the incarnation of the physical matrix that we know as reality so the Akashic Records is the synonymous with the universe itself, but it is the accessible, downloadable, translatable data of the universe itself. It is the universe itself made incarnate in a form, not only creating ourselves, but creating the world, but creating the medium between the two that it can communicate with, the Holy Spirit, if you so would, that powers both consciousness and provides what is to be conscious about the phenomenology of consciousness itself is the Akashic Records. Um, this connection is inherently crucial to the existence and occurrence known as the SSP, the phenomenology of experience known as the SSP, Super Soldier Program, the Secret Space Program, Solar Warden, etc. All my labs, all alien abductions, all alien interactions, all extraterrestrials, all ultra-dimensionals, all ultra-terrestrials, etc., etc., etc. The entire density, spectrum, and, and width of reality surmised not as a physically experienceable library or, or record or museum or event, but as an intangible, etheric um, knowledge download, a world and universe kept in the uh, subconscious, in the un, in the energetic medium of vibration, frequency, and um, correctness that can defeat all borders that can reach everyone that everyone can reach and that nothing can be hid from nothing can be hidden from no matter how well they try to obfuscate it confuse it brainwash us uh defeat us discourage us distract us traumatize us um when one really begins to think about it the answers of all the misbegotten and Unjust action on humanity is that of 
those that seek us to seek to keep us away from the truth of God, the truth of reality, the truth that we have the truth inside of us, that we are both the truth and the truth speakers, the truth seers, and that we can prophesize reality. We can prophesy uh, with clarity uh, anything that will happen, everything that is to happen. We can understand with certainty everything that has happened, uh, the experience of anyone who has done it, the wisdom and secrecy of all things is laid bare when one connects spiritually, mentally, and physically to the Akashic Records and prepares themselves through a series of um, self-purification actions that are generally not adhered to in mainstream society. Okay, this is the big description now to say. There's enlightened society and there's mainstream society. There's a society that has experienced phenomenons and occurrences and events that cannot be readily defined or explained or even understood by the other majority of the population that has not experienced these events. The same as just looking out the window and seeing a monster in a city and where everyone else, 99% of everyone else, did not see that thing and chose not to. Chose to live in the Matrix, live inside their uh, little orthodox bubbles, and miss the glaring truth that was around them, creeping just outside their window. Because they do not experience the horror, they do not understand it as a reality, and thus they do not accept it as reality. Whereas those that have seen it, those that have experienced, cannot deny it, and thus have no... Uh, have no connection anymore to that society they are split off they become breakaway civilization human beings that have experienced extraterrestrials that have experienced the physical the metaphysical the paranormal the unexplainable these beings have a greater chance and these individuals have a greater chance of accessing the akashic records and rewarding themselves with the ultimate truth of everything, the ultimate explanation of everything, because they're the only ones knocking at the door of knowledge, begging entry, so that they may satiate their curiosity and end their confusion, this mental disconnect, uh, the, uh, this cognitive dissonance, this mental um, inequality of uh, the assumptions of knowledge and the facts of knowledge. That a lot of these people, uh, if they don't ac access the Akashic Records, can quickly fall into madness and have become the archetypes of madness itself. Have become the archetypes of seeking connection and seeking answers to issues and questions that are fundamental to every human being. That are fundamental across every fabric of society, every incarnation of reality, every uh, circumstance of being be it enlightened ancient mystery religion practitioners and Atlantis um, or modern day people living on the streets in a major city like Houston, um, etc., etc. Every individual is on this shamanic journey, this journey that was laid out by the gods, by those that we consider gods, uh, for every human being to walk down. It's the simulation model it's a simulation method that everyone can access that everyone has to endure and ultimately defeats 99.9 percent .9 of the uh, the world but for that select few who knock on the door of knowledge who knock on the uh who aren't accept who aren't satisfied by the the answers that they're given that are not satisfied by the ignorance of others there's they seek truly knowledge they seek truly wisdom and because they 
know that they are merely looking out of a window and seeing life for the first time. They know that what they've experienced was true life, was, you know, uh, an exceptional existence, that this is the reality of the existence, the universe, not the simulation that we live in, not the, the artificial room that we're kept in, not the cave, not the shadows on the wall. Um, that they sacrifice all former uh, investment in the system of the matrix of that artificial world and society and the, the ways of the city and embrace nature, embrace the natural world, embrace the truth of God located in the natural form, the Godhead that is the celestial cosmos itself and begin to see the heavens not as disconnected avatars of pagan uh, beliefs or pagan virtues, but actually as a machination, as a giant uh, engineered cosmos and celestial network of um, beings serving out responsible uh, positions and actions of developing progress while also keeping and uh, preserving the ancient world or preserving the root race worlds so that extinction truly does not exist the reality is just merely a constant attempt at rebuilding and building upon the structures left behind or um, you know Cre formerly created by past civilizations, past intelligences, past living creatures. Because ultimately every generation is the only generation that exists at any given moment. We exist in a state of amnesia. Although we do recognize memes and archetypes and, uh, you know, psychological truths such as uh, dramatic uh, ideals and values of such, you know, that that become archetypes, that become the, the Jungian archetypes that can power our dreams or that we see in our dreams. This is a universal language, as universal as mathematics, as universal as astrology, as universal as, uh, you know, language itself. This is the language of nature. Language of nature representing itself symbolically, manifesting itself. They call it... Um, Oh, what do they call it? Uh, transubstantiation in, the, in biblical terms, in theological terms, where God makes itself manifest through physical objects or creatures or a phenomenon like the burning bush or the dove above the baptism of Jesus Christ or the um, um, when he showed uh, Elijah the, the whirlwind, the uh, fire, and the, um, the flood. You know, he proved that the matrix may exist but the matrix in totality is overseeing every specific occurrence so that any specific moment or circumstance of being, of ontological existence, is ultimately created by all the universe at large, every single aspect of the universe, every single across the spectrum part of the fabric of reality, because it's all connected, as well as the individual that's observing and accepting these actions because of their uh, int intention, because of their vibrational density, a vibrational um, frequency. If they are higher vibrational, they have more of ability to attain and tune themselves into variations of the timeline, variations of alternative reality, and create for themselves, I guess you call it the true optimistic, best of all worlds existence, rather than simply struggling to maintain any existence at all.
but it's because of the personal intention. It's because the personal soul, the personal ability, the personal mind, and its ability to interpret what it's sensing. Because the if you can't sense magic, if you can't sense romance, if you can't sense greatness, if you can't sense excellency, if you can't sense um, the peak of of human endeavor and existence in the uh, at all, and you have a very cynical and nihilistic worldview, then even the greatest truths will ultimately look barren compared to the barrenness of your soul. The darkness that is in you dims the world around you. It creates the darkness that surrounds you, and thus only the you will only be able to see what you what you know it, what's immediate to you. You're not going to be able to see the big picture. You're not going to be able to connect dots. You're not going to be able to um, see the motivations and the importance behind things because you lack that confidence and you lack that nourishment, that that ability, that pure the purity inside yourself. You lack that fortitude inside yourself. And I don't mean a purity as in like kind of egotistical, uh, narcissistic purity, but as an actual. Do you have the f spiritual fitness, the mental fitness, the physical fitness to accept and the, the burden or they pass the test, the endurance test in acquiring this knowledge and being chosen and proven worthy for this knowledge? Like a, it's a knighthood. You know, can you can you pass the initiation? It's not given just to anyone. It's given to only those who knock hardest, who, who choose to wait at the door for their master, and, you know, and not allow themselves to be distracted or carried off by other masters but to really uh, wait for the one who is most worthy the one that is the best uh, he who makes himself free is the one who makes himself a slave to a perfect master the Akashic records uh, as used by the SSP is what orients their action and motivates them I believe they've already created AI that can access the Akashic records but I also believe they use a select team of candidates that are chosen throughout the, the full um, strength of the military organizations of the world and uh, selected in a committee and trained and groomed throughout their whole life to access it within the astral realm but I believe that you know it, in the physical realm it's accessed by everyday people because it's accessible by everyone. So candidates can come out of the woodwork, candidates can come out of um, anywhere, or they can be chosen unintentionally too uh, through strong attractions to hyper-dimensional beings, higher-dimensional beings, um, spiritual beings, extraterrestrial beings being chosen through their bloodline, being chosen because of their past virtues and actions, or having been, um, you know, associated in their past lives with access to the Akashic Records. Um, I believe every living creature, and I believe even plants and animals and um, minerals, leave an impression on the Akashic Records. So, a human being with access to Akashic Records can access the information left by any animal, any creature, any cellular life, any biological life, any vet, uh, plant life, any, um, you know, mineralogy, any, any creation, anything that happens on Earth, anything, anything at all, one can experience it both as observing it happen to themselves and performing this action, and being on both sides of the spectrum. They have total immersion and they have total mastery as if though they were stepping into the life itself, the body itself of that person. They are sharing that person's soul in essence. 
I know generally people access the Akashic Records to learn about themselves. I myself did that too. I knew that I wasn't remembering everything that happened in my life. I had this huge amount of experience and memories that were suppressed in the subconscious. And I knew they existed because there was a great gravity inside myself. Uh, I could feel the, the pull, the, I could feel the strength of it, the emotional weight of it. And I was suffering from the outbursts, from the, uh, from the waves that it caused. Um, because it was like a leviathan. It was just thrashing and churning in this great subconscious sea. And I was able to access, access, access it first generally, not knowing specifically what to look like. But once you access the Akashic Records, all the information that your soul will ever accumulate in the past, in the future, in past lives, in future incarnations, off-world, nothing that they try to erase or try to keep from you is kept from you any longer. It instantly downloads into your head, into your soul, into your memory, and you are flooded with those memories. Now, for your mercy, for your sake, it does have mercy, and it doesn't show you everything, especially that which you can't handle. It, it has a guide, and it allows yourself, you have much more of an in-depth interaction than just push the button, receive the download, and suffer the consequences. Then be careful what you ask for, because that's a very nihilistic and cynical view. All benevolency, all mercy, all kindness, it knows the groaning of your soul through the special, unique Tones that you give off with your frequency because it can read your frequency. It's all frequency. Um, like I said, it includes everything that's ever existed, all extraterrestrials, including every uh, human being. So it, trust me, there is nothing that you're going to bring to the table and be ashamed of that it's not going to not already understand why, how, the shape of it, when, why the circumstances for. It's there to heal you, it's there for your benefit. Because every uh, hang-up you have, every issue and complex that you've developed, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, guilt, negative karma, uh, fear, loathing, um, fetishization, shame, you know, etc., horror, um, even envy and, like, you know, ideas like lust and stuff, all of that is ultimately preventable and healable and recoverable. From because you are operate, all those are rich, all those are generated from lack of knowledge, from ignorance, from uh, reacting without any like it's it's an imbalance in the, the 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 proportionality, the balance of how a human being acts. It one has to act from the body, the mind, and the spirit. If the mind reacts and the spirit and the body don't, there's a there's a trauma. If the mind the body reacts but the mind and the spirit don't, that's a trauma. If the spirit reacts and the the body and the mind don't, that's a trauma. And throughout the generations, there have been many interpretations for how the body, you know, uh, senses and is controlled. And that's still a great mystery. There have, there's a hard-lying science community. They think that, you know, there's, there has to do a lot with neurons and the electricity of quantum mechanics and the effects of electrons, etc. There are people who believe that there are certain organs, certain chakra points on the human body that... Um, can be accessed and activated and uh, only through alignment and uh, uh, dedication, discipline to a diet, a specific diet, a, a certain alkaline level, a certain uh, potassium level views, etc., that you will start to see a return to the human natural element, the organic uh, balance that it's supposed to have. Because the more organically balanced and physically fit 
once exercise is, a, uh, is accepted as a daily ritual, uh, once meditation, yoga, uh, every effort is built to um, calm and to um, provide, not to fast, but to provide what the body yearns for, what the body truly needs, and given its sense of detoxation, detoxification, of cleansing, of uh, returning to balance, um, one can then only start to access the Akashic Records because one has to, you know, prove by that's the knocking. The the physical fitness dedication is the knocking, is the is the you know uh, attempts at communication. It's the start of that transmission. It's the start of that relay to the source, to the great uh, eternal Creator Source, the great source of all knowledge, uh, Sophia all wisdom, uh, the matrix itself, there is no ability for the matrix to lie, for it is the mind of the earth and universe itself. It has no ability to fabricate which does not exist or has not existed in its existence to this point, as everything that we know as being possible has existed inside the universe, uh, you know, just, just logically speaking, it can tell you and show you truthfully those circumstances, and because of the nature of the Akashic Records, you don't have a chance of mistranslating or misunderstanding it, because it directly downloads this information into your brain and forces a reckoning upon you. Thus, the files you access may be, yes, terrific and um, terrorizing and, and horrific and um, absolutely awe-inspiringly brutal or, or you know, uh, devastatingly natural. Let's just leave it at that. Devastatingly natural, like a natural geographic documentary, uh, Times a Million, and you're the zebra. You know, this, this is kind of the kind of truth. There's no art form or expression that mankind has ever iterated or attempted to iterate to create for the viewing of others, to the audience of others, or even themselves. Nothing, no fetishization, nothing that has been as shocking as the most shocking moments that in, that happened without our species' involvement. Other extraterrestrials have been far more carnal, far more predatory, far more brutal, far more uh, difficult and negative of karma um, as a species, far more problematic and rebellious to the nature of the true spirit of creation than mankind has ever dreamed of being. And in mankind's darkest, lowest moments, most wicked moments, it is still only a fraction of how dark the universe can truly get. For every negative and positive concept exists surely as a neutral, balancing um, act, a parlor trick of the universe simply to understand itself in more detail and to prove its very laws for being. I know this sounds weird. It's a very uh, Manichaean way of thinking about God that both the black and the white are values which it knows exist but has no consequence upon it because it itself is full spectrum. It itself is beyond any knowledge or understanding by any individual intellectual being. And it can only be accepted truly for what it is. And in fact, salvation and spiritual holiness is only attainable the closer and more accurate of an image you have of the Akashic Records and the Godhead. 
uh, given to you through your travels in the Akashic Records and given to you by your purity, your physical dedication to the Akashic Records, and your um, courage to accept personal annihilation to be replaced with that of the God form matrix, the God form universe known as the Akashic Records themselves. So the less personal opinion you have in your life and existence based in uh, relationship to the facts of the Akashic Records, which are the facts of the universe, which are the facts of creation itself and the creator itself, that is the closer to the image of God that you can possibly be. That's the closest you can be to God. The closest you can be as God on this earth is to annihilate the self, annihilate the former ego, annihilate the pride and the vanity and um, the complexes that one has upon personal development, the issues you have with your own very nature itself, and embrace nature absolutely to the point that you are no longer who you were you are now reborn in the figure of the universe itself the figure of total nature of god on earth god in nature god is earth god is all that is earth you know it's a very rosicrucian thing because the akashic records it's like to say that earth is like a pearl inside a string or in the sea of the universe that it's it is merely the smallest jewel in an absolute infinite plane of existence. But, you know, the, the idea of it being flawless or valuable is only understood once somebody from outside, it's, uh, you know, it's... Uh, I can't even really describe just the sheer amount of universal truth and power uh, delving, diving into the uh, Akashic Records uh, causes, and once the awareness of that power uh, fully washes over an individual, the confidence that that individual will have upon accepting these issues and accepting these ideals and accepting, say, for example, like the Hindu cosmology, um, are no longer a matter of whether or not a theory is correct, whether or not a philosophy holds, you know, any kind of logical supremacy over another, our inheritance, our cultural identity, all earthly matters, all worldly matters die immediately. That is ancient history, if it is a minute old. Because the new identity, the new self, is the man of the stars, is the man idealized, uh, you know, is the man made idol, it's the man made universal, and it's the universal inside the man. It's uh, Zarathustra, you know, coming down from the mountaintops, having seen the light, having seen the world from that mountaintop perspective, from that eagle view, and then coming back down to the ways of the city, um, the issues that govern the human being, the human creature, do not govern the enlightened and do not govern uh, universal truth in any capacity. It's just night and day. We are, as a species are kept blind, deaf, and dumb uh, considerably uh, compared to those monks and those uh, masters, ascended masters, and the Krishna avatars, and you know the entirety of the Astra High, uh, Astra High Command uh, Palladian races every single subspecies, uh, even the Orion Draco, uh, and other intelligent species that we have contacted out of the 36 that we've contacted so far, um, those are, 
uh, able to, um, you know, their, their ruler class, their elite class are able to access uh, the Akashic Records uh, as proficiently as any, except it happens across the universe. It happens in every species and every uh, individual has the capacity to do this. They understand the value of it. They use it. They don't argue with it. They, they are only at the positions they are of power because they've accepted it and uh, utilized it and exploited it for its maximum effort. Now, this is also kind of uh, relates to chronovisors. It relates to quantum war. A lot of effort is done in changing the past and, or attempting to change the past or attempting to change the future uh, with quantum travel, with uh, projection. And I'm not saying everyone who participates in these quantum exercises by the SSP is aware of the Akashic Records or even accepts them. But I'm saying that their actions are ultimately controlled by those that do. The AI that controls the SSP itself is very is actually an avatar, an, an avatar creation of the Akashic Records. It's a direct avatar of it. It's a 5D quantum computer that doesn't calculate things on its own. It doesn't come up with rationalities based on... Incoming. How do I know? Mountains and cardboard. How do I know that the world is round? Why should I know just because you've taught me molten rock underneath my ground? How do I know there's a god in the sky looking down and hearing me? Why should you say I can't love any? that controls the SSP itself is very is actually an avatar an avatar creation of the Akashic Records it's a direct avatar of it it's a 5D quantum computer that doesn't calculate things on its own it doesn't come up with rationalities based on data it comes up with its conclusions based on the its ability to access the Akashic Records the ability to uh, translate the Akashic Records uh, more quickly and more accurately 
with a wider spectrum of, you know, um, value sets, with a wider spectrum of history at its disposal, or at its access to, uh, than, than human beings are, are capable of at this point. Yeah, man or a woman has to train their entire life um, to be able to access the Akashic Records as uh, easily and as... Uh, successfully as the AI that controls the SSB. So regardless of the personnel, the officers, the staff have, uh, you know, the ability to understand the truth, they accept it because that's what is the, that's what's their orders, that's what's controlling them, what's, that's what's uh, driving them, that's their modus operandi, that's their uh, standard operating procedure is to go, um, you know, according to the, according, according to the Akashic Records, uh, wills and dictates and it's model of the future it's model of the past um, it's model of the present you know what what what's necessary to be done to create um, the full uh, reality for to occur because these things are not predictions they're not prophecies although when it comes to human beings they are made as prophecies they are made as predictions but these things are have already happened uh, this is a very Zen like philosophy that things are, uh, things in motion which you know by physics don't have a position if they're in motion um, when they when, when they're they have a position they're not in motion um, very much like the Tao that a arrow in flight has already hit its target has already landed where it's going to land you are just in the sequential processing of that physical data if you shoot a, an arrow from a bow you have already hit your mark it is just a manifestation of time the phenomenon of time to see that arrow fly into its target or make contact with its target and that's how we live is that's how uh, we live is through the 3D, but in moments, as if though you can slice each moment of film to an individual Polaroid picture and understand its value without the context of other frames from that sequence of film. These things would be um, extremely schizophrenic and, you know, all fractured states of personality if they were considered like real uh, psychological forms. Psychology itself views the human being as like an evolving, uh, growing, um, maturing uh, 4G type life form where lessons have to be accrued, experience has to be accrued. It does not make a value judgment on the moment, but the moment is only valued for its uh, relationship to both the present, the past, and the future of said individual. A lot of methods of interpretation. There's differences between interpretation between masculine and feminine personalities for events inside the human being, thus making the reliance on a gender neutral and inorganic AI kind of necessary because female officers tend to view it from an emotional spectrum while men tend to view it as a chronological uh, history or like a logical statement of facts or, or presenting uh, modalities both view it individually uh, due to their own personal uh, you know histories and, and uh, identities but generally they said the body is important, so is the physical self, so is the spiritual self, and so is the mental self. So a more educated person, a more uh, well-read uh, initiate, a more well-read uh, or a studied uh, initiate into the Akashic Records will have a much different and, you know, ultimately much easier time embracing these phenomena, embracing this lesson and this experience and this education 
uh, provided to it by the universe than, say, a less educated uh, member of society. Regardless of potentiality, spiritual potentiality, ultimately they're both going to see the same thing. They're both going to see the ultimate undying truth of the universe. The experience of seeing that ultimate undying truth of the universe, everything that has been, everything that ever will be, is what the issue is currently because one uh you know to say one can achieve it within one's youth versus one can achieve it with a lifetime of study and ultimately achieve it gnosis on their deathbed uh, is a very different statement but the concept of them both ultimately uh achieving gnosis is the same as the parable of the labor of the, the man who owned the vineyard and when he was hiring labor laborers he went out to the first uh, wave of people, you know, he offered them a penny a day or a, a denarius a day for working, but then he kept offering the denarius to other people later on in the day, and they had worked less throughout the day, but still achieved the same reward, and then uh, the kind of the, the shrugging answer, the Taoist uh, um, uh, Cohen that Christ provides is, well, don't hate me because I'm generous. I offered everyone the same price. I didn't lie. You know, I'm, I'm honest and, uh, you know, worshipful master who has provided you this reward. You're the one as the student. You're the one as the experiencer of your and the master of your own life uh, falling into the dictates of how you uh, view your own experience, of how you uh, how quickly you achieve your own gnosis, how quickly you can achieve uh, your own reward, you know, like, because you've uh, agreed to this before the deal was done. Much like Alan Watts, you agreed to your life way before the deal was done. To get you to the point of where you need to be, you have to access the reality of the Akashic Records. You have to embrace the Dharma, the Brahma. You have to embrace the, the, the Prana. You have to embrace the f and humble yourself. The fact that you are not unique and at odds with the universe. You are not created to destroy the universe and replace it. You are what the universe created to be it. You are the thrice uh, returned Hermes Trespagistus character in this play and these events. You are Toth. You are Mercury. You are that messenger, that message that is going to be passed down from generation to generation, from incarnation to incarnation and basically become the ancient mysteries themselves. The last video I did was about the breakaway civilization Atlantis. This is a very Atlantean ancient mystery religious uh, practice. This is the mystery religious education. Is this a very self-same belief that uh, the individual can reach enlightenment and through this enlightenment, enlighten others, but they have to be initiated, they have to be vetted, they have, this has to be kept secret from the majority and the masses uh, simply to produce the worldly power that the Akashic Records is demanding it itself have so that the Akashic Records is always glorified, is always venerated, and is always the cherished, rare commodity of uh, you know, worth more than gemstones and gold excuse <coughs> me Excuse me. That uh, worth more than gemstone than gold. That its guardians, uh, Hermes Trismegistus, manifested into the logos, the librarian, you know, the great uh, blackbird, um, the great owl, 
Um, that is uh, the avatar. That's the librarian. Its role is to filter the experiences that you request based on your ability to handle them, based on your ability to experience them. Remember, every single person's life and every single experience in the world that has ever happened is at your access point, and it can't be denied to you. It will not be denied to you, but it can be manifested in a way that the truth is both preserved and you have to thus interpret it um, successfully. Many ways it does this is dreams. If you're not uh, able to accept it lucidly, you will accept it through dreams, through dream archetypes, through um, uh, synchronous actions of the real world, such as, uh, you know, uh, events in your daily life and events in those uh, lives around you. Or you could receive it uh, through the universe speaking to you via media. Songs, movies are popular choices. Um, but anything can really occur that will basically prove to you or show to you the lessons that you have asked to learn uh, given your ability to learn them. If you are, you know, I'm not going to say it, but if you are, um, you know, at a childish level of learning, it will be something a child can understand. If you are a very wise and educated scholar, it will be something that a wise and educated scholar can understand. But the truth will always be the truth given to you as far as you earnestly knock, as far as you're earnestly requesting from the universe to show you wisdom, to show you the truth, that you can commit uh, commit to it, you can provide the discipline to it, that Hermes Trismegistus as Antoth and Mercury as the threefold wisdom god of the, of the Atlanteans of the West, um, which is also itself a personification of many different deities and avatars that control access to universal truth, um, specifically like Shiva or Krishna, um, that they will give you that knowledge. If you ask, it will be delivered. You will receive. On earth, those people who ask for their knowledge to help others generally get more knowledge and a greater ability to master this prophecy element of it. The idea of not only understanding it and experiencing it, but being able to communicate it and being able to help others with, with clarity, with uh, conviction. And with the ability to reach an audience that can help the world. You know, like circumstantial um, benefits, like that circumstantial effects around you, you know, will, will work for you. They'll, they won't stop you. They won't punish you. They won't um, try to balance out this gift of knowledge with, say, needing to sacrifice earthly goods, earthly pleasures, needing to embrace poverty, needing to embrace chastity. You can live a quote-unquote normal life the more benevolent and the more um, altruistic your attempts at gaining this knowledge are. Uh, this individual, Edgar Casey, was America's greatest living prophet and fortune teller to have ever lived. This man had complete control of the Akashic Records, and he did so through a form of trance meditation that would, that would mimic naps. But it was more of like a lucid dreaming in which he was able to access uh, the answers in regards to people's queries. He committed almost 15,000 of these predictions in his life. Uh, counseling presidents as well as local uh, people in his community 
He was a doctor. He had a healing soul. He had a healing person's uh, desires. And so he, you know, he had to have a, a, a mean bone in his body, basically. He was a great man um, as far as men go. But, you know, he was still a man. He was still only able to do this upon request and very uncertainly and without very much control over it. But the good thing about him was that he detailed the experience. It proves that anyone on Earth can access this knowledge uh, as long as they, you know, heartfully uh, commit to it and genuinely respect uh, nature and the world around you. And the more discipline that you show in your quest of it, the more you're delivered to it, the more it's delivered onto you. Um, he started a very typical, small, modest, uh, very humble um, country doctor. But in his lifetime, you know, without outwardly showing it without giving himself over to extravagance or uh, eccentricism um, or cult-like uh, behavior. He pursued this knowledge and secured wisdom, showing him many great secrets such as ancient Egypt's uh, true ruins, uh, the location of Atlantis and the nature of the ancient world, the, the, the seven pillar communities, the seven pillar empires. He understood the creation and eventual fall of man. He could see the future. He could um, see people's past. He could heal people from uh, ailments and melodies. He created his own uh, medical regimen and physician, uh, physician practices. Um, he spent most of his time doing that, bettering not only his health, but his under but the community in America's understanding of health as a nation. He embraced Eastern philosophies, like the importance of yoga, the importance of meditation, the importance of uh, philosophies of tolerance and of pacifism and ambivalence. At a time when people were nationalistic, racist, bigoted, uh, sexist, uh, and, you know, had more negative psychological hang-ups that were even diagnosable, he was able to lift himself up from this very removed frontier land of the world that we know as the United States and embrace the truths that have been embraced by ma Ascended Masters throughout time, like Nostradamus, like Leonardo da Vinci, like, uh, you know, Michelangelo, like the great thinkers and doers of the past, like Caesar, like, like Augustus Caesar, like uh, Merlin, you know, like uh, Lao Tzu, and like Sun Tzu. He was able to become someone from, without any kind of worldly power, possessing a, an indisputable amount of spiritual authority and uh, spiritual prowess, becoming himself a form of ascended master, becoming himself an incarnated guru or a yogi, but based entirely in the traditions of the American experience, the American context. But this did not prevent him, for example, from becoming literate in Egyptian hieroglyphics or becoming aware and very well versed on the ancient mystery religions. You know, it, this is the thing. It's the idea of manifestedly outward, it appears from those who don't know, who don't believe, that you're giving your entire life to dedicating yourself to Eastern and ancient histories and philosophies, uh, you know, against the grain, against the current of our society, and embracing these uh, 
ancient uh, ways, uh, you know, out of utter dissatisfaction with our world. Because our world, world is created to be the furthest thing from the real world, from the real universal um, divine, divinity, from the real knowledge of the cosmos. Just think about how our cities are constructed. Think about how we live our daily lives. Think about how beautiful and amazing the architecture it was and how wealthy the societies were back then. And think about how much poverty and neglect and abandonment uh, ravages urban America and uh, many large swaths of our country where the industry has just completely collapsed and the economy is completely in ruins and no attempt is made to remake it or to lead it or to rebalance it. In fact, no attempt at real enlightened uh, approaches to these situations are provided. Merely a furthering of draconian and um, arbitrary legalities that that do nothing but uh, punish any attempt at addressing the issue in the future. Um, what's weird, though, is that, it, that the prophecies are considered very negative, but reality is reality. And if you, say, for example, foresaw a flooding, a rise of sea levels, and you explain that to people, they would assume it had something to do with an agenda. But reality is, he does not... Um, I mean, yes, he does... in jacked a lot of agenda, but it's because he was trying to make sense of what he was seeing, just like Nostradamus was trying to make sense in context of what he was seeing, and this is the issue with the future, this is the issue with the past. If you saw the past for what it really was, you would make some kind of value judgment about the present for its for the past and the present are um, very different. There has been a lot of change uh, in all manners of existence in a short amount of time. And there will be great amounts of change in all amounts of existence and always uh, sh uh, change shared by all peoples in a very short amount of time in the future. If you were to see a snapshot from both a thousand years in the past and a thousand years in the future and knowing about life in the present, and knowing that both those were true, knowing those were both indisputable occurrences, you would try your best, because of the culture you were born into, to fit a model of, um, of I guess you call it, of, of trying to make sense of these, of trying to really master them. But that's the difficulty of being human, is that no human's actually able to completely master the Akashic Records in one single lifetime. At least not in such a way that the information can be explained and shared. Um, the ancient societies, for example, could not pass on their knowledge of architecture or engineering. The great uh, monolithic creations of pyramids are still a mystery, as well as their cities like Jakarta. And they definitely did not preserve their flying machines or their uh, military technology or their spiritual technology or their religious practices uh, at all in any way uh, survivable in the disasters and the catastrophes that happen in the future. All of that's now mysterious. All of that's now lost knowledge. Um, but the SSP has recovered and which created the SSP, which created the breakaway civilization. But the breakaway civilization also accesses the Akashic Records and thus has a ability to literally live alongside, live in those people's heads and see what they see, know what they know, uh, do what they did, and to create and master what they created and mastered. Unfortunately, that creates a cyclical nature of uh, reality, because, like you said, that's the true nature of reality, is a cyclical, um, 
you know, neutral occurrences of apocalyptic change and catastrophe, mankind is personifying those and assuming value judgments on them based on our character, based on our spiritual alignment, based on our karma. But ultimately, it is the divine will and nature of the universe. And thus... Uh, what we do is not preventing these great catastrophes, these great calamities, these great uh, tra uh, tragedies, but these great dangers of existence. But in reality, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And now I know that's going to dishearten a lot of people because that's a sacrifice. Would you sacrifice ignorance and bliss for total knowledge? But, you know, simply for the sake that you are no longer able to judge it for right or wrong, for justice or injustice. Simply, predators eat prey, the strong eat the weak, and the universe recycles itself. Star stuff recycling star stuff. The stars devouring the stars. The universe returning to the universe. Ash returning to ash and dust returning to dust. While the spiritual immortality of an individual is translated and assimilated and adapted, reincarnated through the great solar progression that we call our earthly time and our place in the solar system. Would you trade your spot as a human being on earth for the sake to walk with the gods and as the gods see earth and humanity for what it truly is how microscopic it truly is in the in, a, in the ultimate scale of deep time and universal action in a being and know that you can't tell mankind this, that you can't communicate these efforts, because ultimately nature will be nature, and even your ability to know and understand this has already been has already occurred, and you're just sensing the phenomenon known as time, the phenomenon known as learning, the phenomenon known as the the delay from the granting of the knowledge the access of the knowledge and the I guess you call it knowing of the knowledge that trust you know that trust is what's made and that's what we call a life of devotion a life of commitment a life of belief a life of faith that that is already created but nature itself is the great devouring lion because we know the realities that we are both the lion and ourselves that we are the universe the space in between us and the lion and ultimately when we are made one when we are united through being devoured and the natural order of things by the lion by the universe by nature by time even our immortal spirit may seem destroyed but ultimately, because it is both the incarnation of the same universe, both the incarnation of the same verdant field of being, that it is simply a spoke in the wheel of time, a blip on the radar, an occurrence which cannot be denied but accepted truthfully as the will of God, regardless of the details, regardless of the consequences and regardless of our belief and effect emotional effective fallacy the universe is god god is the universe we are god we are the universe the universe is us god is us this access this access to the Akashic Records will provide as much knowledge and experience necessary to prove this to the individual. 
but the individual himself, the individual itself, is the process point, is the phenomenon known as life itself, in its essence to understand itself, in its consciousness to understand itself, that God has incarnated itself in this minuscule, fractional uh, version of itself, this fleshly version of itself, completely ignorant of its original divinity, completely ignorant of its original status as the creator, simply to learn, simply to experience that aha moment, that blissful joy, that rapture of existing for a small time free of the consequence and burden of one's own universal creation. But knowing, but having that faith, that security, that trust and love in a perfect being that is also ourselves, that we will deliver our own salvation through the acceptance of our own divinity by the uh, acceptance of, by the devotion to our own divinity, by the promotion of our own divinity. And even though we are capable of existing in any possible uh, version of ourselves as God beings and creating any possible reality, creating any possible future and destiny, we have the confidence to recreate ourselves for infinity thus achieving the Alpha and the Omega immortality, thus achieving the Alpha and Omega itself beyond words, beyond the ability of myself right now to explain to you because I have dived into the Akashic Records, I have been downloaded with the Akashic Records, and thus I know that the phrase I, the, 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 the terminology I does not exist besides the fact that I am trying to communicate with other eyes, that I am trying, as an ego, trying to communicate with other egos, simply because the great egoless universe devised itself the ability to obtain the ego so that it may destroy the ego, thus glorifying the egoless, thus glorifying the subconscious in a way that's more definitive and ultimate and uh, infinite than anyone alive or any organic being can ever understand. The conscious universe created in itself disposable avatars to constantly exercise its regenerative and, and immortal principles of truth and purity and balance and efficiency it itself is a, can be understood as a constant simulation vying for supremacy within its own programming. But that is, a, once again, a foolish and a fractional way of understanding. In fact, the best way to understand is just to understand those that have already mastered it, specifically Edgar Casey, in it, the way that he understood. I'm already coming up to the, the hour, so let's just read. The ultimate purpose of our life is to rejoin God in conscious participation of divinity. There is so much good in the worst of us, and so much bad in the best of us. It doesn't behoove any of us to speak evil of the rest of us. Catch my breath here. Okay. The people of the earth shall meet the people of the universe, 
As we approach the golden age, that veils shall be removed and the people of the earth shall become aware of the people of the universe. Once again, that's disclosure. That's the imminent uh, fact of disclosure. That's the imminent reality of the SSP, the imminent reality of the secret space program. Edgar Casey was aware of this. Forces of light on earth shall overcome the forces of darkness. Complete spiritual enlightenment on earth will occur. Absolutely true. Akashic Records provides 100% certainty that the universe itself made manifest in the species of man will ultimately obey its own universal laws and, cre and created principles. Each and every soul will become consciously aware of the ability to communicate with the divine. Like I said, I hope this helps in the ultimate efforts of reality itself into initiating on a mass spectrum the, the ability to dive into the Akashic Records. The cosmos was formed according to and upon the basis of laws which are expressed as music, arithmetic, and geometry. They bring about harmony, order, and balance. I just hope that everyone who endeavors on this, everyone who is brave and courageous enough to reach truth to better and master themselves, approaches it with a great amount of uh, bravado, and because uh, fortune favors the brave. Fortune favors the bold. But this has been Rumors of War 1987. Thank you very much for taking this trip with me and uh, viewing and focusing on the Akashic Records and how they relate to the Secret Space Program and those that have experienced the Secret Space Program and survived my labs and uh, the experience of the 20-year-and-back time loop, the Super Soldier Program, etc. Rumors of War 1987. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you very much. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already. Leave your comments below. God bless you all. You say that you'll always love me That you'll never leave me blue Don't you know that that's all fallacy Don't you know it's not true Ooh, ooh. About, but it isn't like they say You will find the calm tomorrow You won't feel this way When you say that you're in love with me Do you really know what you mean? Or are you saying it because you've heard of it? Or because of something you've seen Oh, don't believe that love brings happiness Gone tomorrow, here today Love involves so much unhappiness Don't believe what they say When you say that you're in love with me Do you really know what you mean? Or are you saying it because you've heard of it? Or because of something you've seen? Oh, don't believe that love brings happiness Gone tomorrow, here today Love involves so much unhappiness Don't believe what they say Don't believe what they say 
entropy, pro-entropic uh, forces, and that they have been carefully curated and trained and cultivated for this purpose. Um, this is nothing new. This is nothing organic. This is nothing uh, more than the masters choosing these these character actors to be their, you know, the salesmen of certain agendas and certain uh, belief systems that they will pose and try to replace, you know, uh, the, the popular opinion. And even though they the vast majority of the people will fall for the great delusion that they also have a history of confusing good with evil and evil with good and enjoying the predations of these darker forces. Um, human history can metaphorically be considered a, a weathered rock in a storm of uh, time. But our nature is to be inside time and not to be on the rock, but to rest and to, uh, you know, nurse our basic needs for recuperation and uh, ultimately any kind of permanence when considered on a deep time scale is nothing more than uh, snapshots of sandcastles, you know, in the surf. Um, their nature is one of development and then destruction in cyclical measure, such as uh, the, in the coming of it, tides and, um, you know, the, the precipitation of storms and the, uh, the rushing of winds. And these tidal forces, these natural forces, are more... You know, inhumane and, and, and uh, impersonal and cold and uh, uh, completely shaping uh, of the physical universe and all other, you know, alternative versions of it being present in every single incarnation of existence. Uh -oh. That existence itself can't be separated from it. But what we might view as natural forces, natural, uh, you know, uh, erosions or, uh, you know, uh, developments of landscape and tidal uh, force, it's actually an artificial construction. Those were actually created artificially by intelligent design, uh, regardless of how natural they appear, regardless how natural they function, no matter how ubiquitous and universal they may be uh, considered, it's actually just all artificial underpinnings of various intelligencies. And uh, the spiritual and uh, psychic health of a creature, of an individual or intelligent species, is not measured by the decay of the, or hostility of the world around it, of the environment around it. In fact, the very nature of apocalypse or apocalyptic survivor is uh, very misinterpreted by the powers to be right now as something that uh, is one of extremes or, or barbarism or violence. It's actually a very unique 
experience. It's a very um, survivable experience. It's actually very transformative, very um, regenerative uh, process of uh, great psychological healing and catharsis and um, individual empowerment as well as societal rebuilding. So ultimately what you see are individual apocalypses for in mornings or psychic uh, uh, you know withdrawals from you know previously incarnated systems of control so that the end of the old world is considered the end of all the world but reality is much more uh, you know prevalent than that it's much more uh, powerful than that one concept which is dominating the, this age of mankind, this age of uh, hyper-reflexive phobia of the real, of the universal, of the metaphysical, because it's obsessed with the mortal, it's obsessed with the carnal, it's obsessed with uh, the authority that physical, physicality, physical world has on itself. It's obsessed with the matrix. It, it worships the very illusion that it's imprisoned in. But in times before, there were wise men, there were intelligent people who saw that the concept of apocalypse, the concept of the cosmic age and era, a, you know, true marcation of calendars, of uh, disasters and natural changes of the environment, of uh, the physical form uh, firmament being, being uh, you know, radically altered and redesigned by seemingly the will of God, uh, was akin to an apocalypse, was akin to personal apocalypse, and they termed this cyclical apocalypse. They termed these apocalypses, uh, you know, as radically transformative to society and to the status quo and to the systems of the, of the world, uh, completely down to uh, the individual, uh, you know, psychic interpretation of uh, personal values and ethics and religious beliefs as um, akin to biblical apocalypses, akin to what you would think are the end of the world are these uh, great uh, judgment days. In fact, uh, there are many modern examples of this where the physical ruination and the physical damage uh, suffered by populations is akin to any ancient uh, raising of a city or any destruction of, say, like Sodom or Gomorrah by astral or cosmic entities, intelligences, aliens, or uh, even uh, wholesale destructions, say, of Atlantis or of Mu and Lemuria uh, during altercations with extraterrestrial uh, intelligences. But, uh, for example, the fall of the Maya, the Aztec, and the Inca um, is a, an acceptable, uh, widely um, widely evidence uh, fall of a civilization that is akin to Atlantis, Lemuria, and Mu, and that's real history is actually more grand and more um, prosperous in terms of advancement and technology than even we're willing to admit, but which we are finding uh, more difficult to deny 
for already the pre-existing discoveries that we have established in the knowledge we have established on this culture is, uh, you know, it's uh, enlightening, it's very illuminating uh, to understand the true order of this human species, the true accomplishments of this human species, the true capabilities of the human species. Uh, many, many times we focus on a slanderous uh, propaganda uh, heavy uh, perspective uh, but even from the perspective of the victims of this culture uh, clearly they were in touch with higher powers they were in touch with higher dimensional entities and they served uh, greater purposes than just their earthly uh, sustainment of uh, of this civilization of these cities thus they were abandoned they were not destroyed but they were simply abandoned uh, probably for more uh, luxurious settings probably for even better lands than the lands they they had uh, currently you know domesticated and uh, civilized these were probably the wealthiest people of all time, probably the most successful people of all time, probably the most feared people of all time, probably the most uh, heavily engaged in human sacrifice and, uh, and uh, communication with higher dimensional powers, uh, willing to perform these sacrificial blood rites uh, and acts of conquest to better acquire favor and better acquire technology. Uh, but even this society uh, suffered a cyclical apocalypse event, uh, much like what our own society is suffering, or much like what our own uh, society is suffering right now, where the old order is passing away due to the violent upheaval of the human demographic um, and the redistribution of power among elites and the governmental authorities, organizations, uh, influences from foreign tribes and external powers, territories, reshaping and redrawing maps. And at the same time, uh, time inexhaustibly marching forward uh, against the will of the mortal human uh, form. You know, every generation will pass into another. So that the efforts will ultimately fall further and further back into the past, now becoming greater and greater mysteries to those that currently exist. But these people, uh, the, this uh, this uh, nation of uh, people, this tribe of people, um, you know, were beholden to uh, practices and beliefs and mores in their own culture that we would find taboo in ours. Uh, this was, you know, this is what I'm trying to say is that these, these, uh, these cultures are not perfect by any means. And in fact, um, these eras were, were very distinctly different in ways that we would be hard to hard pressed to imagine. Uh, they were coexisting openly with reptilians and with uh, ultra-terrestrial species, visitors from the uh, uh, Astro Hyperland and uh, Orion Draco. They were uh, coming into contact with uh, ultra-terrestrial type plagues and infectious uh, diseases like the Plagas, like the enemy. 
uh, Dagon, Leviathan uh, type ultra parasites, um, as well as many different jungle funguses, uh, you know, large insects and cetalian uh, species. And even then, they were able to uh, survive and thrive, uh, populating the entire Western Hemisphere with an almost uh, united um, religious uh, culture that slowly began to understand um, a very wide and deep understanding of time, a very fluid and fluent uh, understanding of chronology and cosmology that it surpasses even um, our common knowledge of it now. Uh, maybe our own esoterists, uh, theosophists and astrologers and, uh, you know, secret brotherhoods and occult organizations and secret space program type companies um, have a clear and present understanding of history. But we, as a common people now, uh, simply just do not understand uh, the era and the precedent that we exist in now. Uh, really, this is the fifth age. They were the fourth age. And the fourth age was one of open cooperation with reptilians. But even they themselves came from an even greater age of development and technology, uh, an even greater age of uh, Earth wide unity and uh, cooperation. And in uh, this early era's secret space program, or space program, I rather should say. And, uh, and, and their efforts to, uh, you know, spread out, disseminate, and colonize and conquer the, uh, the world and, and uh, dimensional and planes entities probably uh, traveling after creating their monolithic uh, cities and, and, you know, relics on Earth to higher densities, higher vibrational realities, higher uh, realms of existence. And uh, over time, over the, the span of the ages, the natural uh, weathering and uh, decay of entropy of this system, the state of aging system, left only the, left only their technology behind, left only their creation behind, and um, the, leaving the creator mysterious, leaving the... Uh, the answers to the questions of those that came after, those were left behind, uh, unanswerable, but ultimately representable as uh, as understanding the ancient world as that populated by giants, understanding that the ancient world was itself populated with uh, divine hybrids who were even more powerful than the giants, and understanding that the divine hybrids were products of literal fallen angels. Uh, cast down um, from the uh, heavens of the Elohim and cast down upon the earth as uh, punishments for their rebellion in heaven and their uh, defeat in uh, open battle. So, really, this has been an experience before, too, that these, these relics that are found... Uh, so weathered that they are mistaken for natural, uh, naturally occurring elements or a part of the landscape, but in fact are actually just ancient, uh, highly advanced machinery and, uh, and uh, structures, you know, cities, 
runways, uh, spaceports, fortresses, bunkers, etc., hospitals, but have been so uh, eroded by time, so overtaken by nature, that we mistake them for mountain ranges, we mistake them for uh, valleys, we mistake them for um, islands, but uh, ultimately there's a massive recovery process occurring uh, for this technology and a uh, pursuit for answers uh, for the questions that arise when really considering deep time, really considering the origins of these things, that they are not entirely extraterrestrial, but actually the product of ancient human civilization, ancient human effort. Um, that's why I think ultimately the ancient aliens uh, agenda is being pushed so that we attribute all of mankind's accomplishments to ancient aliens uh, who are going to take the place as the false gods or the pantheon to, uh, you know, arise from the cosmic ocean and take over the world. But reality is that mankind was the one to liberate ourselves to achieve this technology and to uh, unite the world and with the mission of, a, of attaining even greater liberty, gaining even a greater species autonomy and uh, authority in the solar system, and attain um, spiritual ascendancy to rise to a higher vibrational density, to rise to higher uh, dimensional existence, and to, uh, you know, exit this mortal uh, 3D matrix and try to attain a higher spiritual uh, essence. We were the ones to wage war against those that uh, were selling out our species and uh, create our own heroes, create our own victories in battle, create our own victories in war against reptilian Orion Draco reptilian forces. And that's what forced them to, um, to uh, retreat from openly dominating our species from openly uh, reigning over our species as a type of overlord and that was through the martial power of the, the spiritual power of our uh, you know martial arts of our uh, martial ways of our military strategy of our art of war uh, it was these Maya Aztecs these uh, North American tribals that also defeated the great parasites, the great plagues, the great uh, uh, biological enemies, but at the great cost of many of their um, citizens, uh, enough death and loss to make them retreat into the hollow earth uh, to kind of wait out until they were able to, you know, regain, um, regain their numbers again. Uh, but in the true you know, cyclical reincarnation wheel of, of humanity. These souls are being born back into the uh, current population of Mexico and Latin America. And that's why there's this vestigial memory of this, this inherited memory of uh, death and this death cult uh, attitude that prevails in Mexico. And in the heart of true Mexican culture, the Duende, the idea of uh, 
this uh, domination of death, but this acceptance of it, this acceptance of the theater of death and reincarnation, and uh, of the mortal, uh, the mortal uh, marriage between life and death, uh, existence and uh, the existence hereafter. Um, and I'll be talking more about that in my video about Mexico and how Mexico relates to the SSP. But ultimately, this entire universe, this entire life, is a 3D staging for the higher density um, divine entities that we call gods, goddesses, uh, these personae, these archons. And that's uh, my take on ancient aliens and how it evolved the SSP and cyclical apocalypse and how it changed, how it affects the SSP or how the SSP interprets cyclical apocalypse and uh, the charade of the ancient aliens agenda. And that is, you know, ultimately, I guess to summarize, to, to uh, you know, uh, to deny humanity its true heritage as uh, a spacefaring race, as a, a species capable of uh, self-mastery and uh, uh, domination of the cosmos and of attaining a true rightful seat uh, at the right hand of the one true uh, God, the Elohim. Thank you very much for taking this ride with me. This has been Rumors of War, 1987. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you for uh, your support. Like and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, God bless you all. Shalom. Thank you very much. And good night. Someday. So it seems if we don't part, we'll stay in love unhappy. But if I leave you and you leave me, we'll start to want each other and we'll Think back to the love we have And we'll think of it as happy So it will go on Till the day we realize That love needn't always mean happiness So think of all the time other things can make us happy And with no illusions our love will live And someday, someday, someday We'll be happy Someday we'll be happy